This is Workflow, Episode 3. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast workflow. Today we're talking about Slack. Before we get started on that, let's have a quick product update on what's happening with Rindle. Cool. Yeah. I think um, we're really excited because we're, we're bringing back the blog. So quick history on our blog. You know, we were quite active uh, with it in, in a previous life in the first version of Rindle. We kind of took a break from it um, as we shifted and pivoted the product uh, to more of a PM tool. Um, and now we're really excited to kind of bring this back to life again. Um, so we're going to be doing some things and notifying everybody who's on our list that we're bringing this back. Um, and kind of getting everybody excited about it and kind of hopefully bringing some great content to light for everyone. Um, the first, what we're currently working on now, which is kind of cool, we're interpreting or creating a series of articles from our visual workflow webinar that we did. Um, so we did about a half hour, 45 minute uh, webinar on visual workflows and kind of how to create a visual workflow with your team. Um, so we're going to create a series of, I think it's already over five articles uh, or so, on this topic so we can release on our blog as well. Um, and we're also working on some other articles in like the more PM space uh, on subtasks and dependencies and things like that. So we are always happy to hear, of course, on ideas on content. So if you have anything that you wanna hear about uh, or us to talk about either on a podcast or on the blog or anything like that, um, certainly hit us up on a voicemail or email, which uh, is at the end of the show, you'll hear uh, information on how to contact us. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, does that mean we'll be seeing updates like uh, weekly or uh, monthly or how often? Yeah, I think, you know, the goal is definitely to get something out every week, um, whether it be, you know, a, a blog post, a podcast or some other communication. Uh, but we're definitely trying to get something out every week. Awesome. Uh, and, and beyond just that, we're also uh, going to be sending out more consistent product updates. Uh, we, we were doing that uh, back with our uh, first version of Rindle, uh, and we're going to be trying to, to get back to that. Um, so, yeah, that, that should be awesome to do as well. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about, like with the cadence of that, just getting, again, with every release of features and things like that, you know, there's a blog post, there's... Uh, you know, an email that goes out, there's Twitter and Facebook updates and all these things. So it's, it's, we're now kind of thinking about that workflow and how do we make that engine run every time we have a product update and make sure we get those communications out as well. Yeah. And we're also trying to uh, play a little bit of catch up because uh, there are some things that people coming out to the product uh, or people already using the product don't even know about within Rindle because we've kind of silently like rolled them out to, to get people's, uh, opinions about them and to, to see how, how they're used within the product. So those are also, we're trying to figure out how to best handle those. Cool. All right. So shall we talk about the main topic of the day? I think we shall. All right. What is so, that? So Slack, I mean, um, you know, Slack, we use Slack uh, internally at Rindle. Uh, so do a lot of our customers. Um, and, you know, we hear a lot about it. Um, and, and I think, you know, how we use it, today is, you know, we obviously use Rindle for project management and we use Slack mainly for our communication hub. And we are 
um, a remote team. So it does give us kind of a main communication medium, um, being that we are all in different locations, uh, different time zones and things like that, um, to kind of anchor our team communication uh, outside of having an office. Um, so kind of how we structure Slack today is, you know, we, we do have a, an app channel um, where we have, we talk about things about the product. Um, we have a marketing channel where we talk about all things marketing and our marketing folks are involved with that channel. And we also have a website channel where we kind of talk about any kind of updates with the website, blog and things like that. Um, we have a customer's channel where we kind of manage communications about subscriptions and trials and things like that. Uh, and then we have your general general channel, which we use every now and then um, just for general chat and communication. We also do have uh, some channels that are strictly for notifications about uh, when we deploy code to various uh, production and, and staging environments. Cool. And, and of course, private messaging. I mean, so... You know, we do uh, obviously use public channels and, and shared channels for team communication. And then we do use private messaging quite a bit just for one-on-one -on -one conversations. So their slogan, Slack slogan, is actually pretty interesting because they market themselves as being where work happens. Uh, and that we think is partially true. Yeah, I think work is a pretty big term, right? So when we talk about work, we're, we're talking about collaboration and communicating with each other also you know managing projects managing various types of workflows um, all, all different kinds of things so I think that kind of statement uh, where work happens is very broad um, so I think it's partially true where obviously work is happening in slack um, like I said we use it ourselves we do lots of communication in slack um, but there are um, just a whole bunch of other things that kind of go into managing work um, and Slack is not necessarily designed to handle all of those things, even though maybe it's marketing is, tel is telling you that they do handle all of those things. What we were thinking about doing today for the podcast is going through kind of things that, you know, Slack is really good at um, and things that Slack isn't good at and then kind of go over some tips and things for using Slack um, to actually manage all your work and, and just general use of Slack. Sure. So uh, let's hop right in and uh, start with what Slack is good at. So Slack is a great communication hub. Um, I already touched on this, even just with how we use Slack, um, but uh, for not only for internal folks, so for your employees and different teams within your company, um, but also even for external people. So they could be freelancers, contractors, uh, or even maybe even your customers. Uh, so it, it can become a communication hub kind of across the board, which has always been lacking. I think before Slack existed, email was definitely that hub, um, which doesn't do a great job kind of real-time communication where Slack has kind of stepped up and improved that. Um, so within a company, it's great for company-wide communication. Uh, you know, if you're doing any kind of chat within your departments, maybe you have a, a channel set up for each department. Uh, maybe you have a, a company-wide channel where you're doing company announcements as a whole. Um, like events and other things that are happening within a company. Um, it is great for rem remote teams uh, as we are uh, as a communication hub. Um, so it kind of builds a virtual team environment uh, where you're lacking in an office where you're sitting next to each other at, at a couple cubes or something like that. Um, it, it really kind of improves and gives that mainstream medium for communication. I think it also uh, is, is a good community builder uh, to some extent. And we actually experienced that ourselves uh, with the first uh, the first version of Rindle. We had a Slack channel that we invited everyone to, and we actually had 
several hundred people that joined that. I, I think over a thousand at one point that joined that. Mind you, it was a little strange because not much actual communicating happened. Uh, like we would announce product updates over it and people would, you know, start or thumb up it or whatever whatever they do. Um, and that was pretty much the extent of it. Uh, so that was interesting. Yeah, but it was a great feedback channel as well at that time because, you know, we were talking to people using our product or the Beast of Beta version of the product and, you know, people were giving us real-time feedback, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that that is true. That that was before I think we even had uh, Intercom in the product and uh, people were using that as a direct communication channel, which leads right into the next uh, point, which Slack is definitely good at direct communication. Uh, so be that uh, a single one-on-one communication or with a, a small group of people, like it, it's it's definitely, I think that's what it was built for and that's what it really, where it really shines. Yeah, I like the direct communication, the direct channels, just because it also, it's a one-on-one conversation. So you, you actually expect more of a, a real-time, you know, uh, interaction. Um, and it's easier to follow the context of a conversation. Uh, sometimes, obviously, in public channels where multiple people might be chiming, chiming in, um, it's, it's a little harder to follow. So I really like when it is a one-on-one, obviously, that it just feels different. Yeah, I think that uh, if you take a look at our statistics, I think the majority of our conversations happen in direct communication versus uh, like in private communications versus public channels yeah. uh, for better or worse. But uh, it seems like it's more effective that way, at least. So another thing Slack is good at is centralizing notifications. So uh, Tom, you mentioned this kind of at the top of the podcast that, you know, we, we use this ourselves. So we have, you know, various notifications flowing into shared channels. Uh, so the entire team can know about something when something happens. So if we push something up to our staging server or we push something to our production server, uh, things like that, um, or even with subscriptions for trials and things like that, all of those things are kind of routed into channels uh, and lets the whole team know what's going on, which is awesome because a lot of times, you know, that would happen over an email or over, over a phone call or something like that in the past. And now it's it's much more passive and everybody could be in the loop a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, beyond even just the happening uh, previously over like an email, you might have to log in somewhere to take a look at that that data. Like you might have to log in and look at a dashboard or run a, a query against a database. So it is pretty awesome that you have this uh, channel that's sitting there. So you, you basically can have a bot that just is directing certain messages uh, directly to it. Yeah, and we've used it like like that for historical information or, or when something happened in t- context of time. So somebody says, something, oh, well, when was that pushed up? You can actually go back and look through the log and say, oh, actually it was you know three days ago at 1 p.m. that that happened. Um, so it is a great kind of reference and kind of a running stream of, of notifications that you can kind of search through. So uh, I've mentioned this before with the uh, direct communication, but also uh, sharing sharing resources between people uh, quickly. It's uh, very effective at that. You know, drag and drop a file on here, and and someone else can can grab it. Uh, so so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think one-off files I use quite a bit. As far as just you know, they have a Google Drive integration which we use, um, so that picks up on that file type pretty pretty well, and and will make it easy just to reference a file. Um, but a lot of times we are talking about something or referencing something and you just need to have everybody be looking at the same thing. Um, so I often share, you know, Google doc files, um, or, 
a lot of times screenshots. So we'll be using screenshots of like, you know, either in the app, we find an issue or something like that, and you want to take a screenshot, we share kind of one off being like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, let's continue talking. So we've uh, shifted around a lot with uh, communication, vo voice communication. Uh, originally, we were using uh, Gchat uh, for the voice communication, then we uh, started using Slack for it for a while. And ultimately, now for our team meetings where we are on Zoom, uh, because it seems to work the best. Uh, but for one-off calls, we, we do still use uh, Slack uh, every day. Yeah, if it's in like impromptu, quick conversation, we'll just, because we're already in Slack, usually chatting. Um, so we'll just do a, a, a slash call command, get the call going right away. Um, but yeah, for our team meetings, it seemed to just be more reliable on the video side and, and the interruptions and things like that um, that we're experiencing in Slack. So we, we moved to Zoom. Uh, and that's what we use for our customer calls and demos and interviews and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we felt more comfortable on that. But yeah, the one-offs, it works really well. Yeah, so I, I think actually Slack purchased Screen Hero a while back, which they turned into their chat program, uh, which uh, it was working almost better prior. And then it, it kind of has been, you know, intermittently not working great. And, and now it's, it, it seems to work for the most part. All right. But yeah, we do have some, some serious bugs with it every now and then where things just don't work and screen sharing, like completely bogs you down your computer and it makes it so people can't hear you. So de definitely interesting that, uh, and it has to go show you how uh, a buggy product can definitely hamper, hamper its use. So the last thing we have for what Slack is good at, um, is kind of, communicating one-off tasks, things that need to be done now um, that are just kind of one-off. It's not really worth the time tracking it in other ways. You can just communicate in chat saying, hey, Tom, I need you to do X uh, and I need it pretty much now. <laughs> That's a great way to communicate. And we do that quite often. Um, and it, it's just a great way instead of, again, sending an email and bogging down your email inbox, you know, it's a great way just to communicate one-offs or any needs that kind of happen throughout the day as far as getting work done. Cool. So now that we've covered the things that we think Slack is good at, uh, let's talk about what Slack isn't good at. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing, uh, and I just talked about one-off tasks and doing things like now, right, and quick communication, but Slack is not good at tracking tasks. So if you are trying to ta track multiple tasks over different timelines over a longer period of time, um, it just really isn't good at it. Um, it's really good at, again, threads of conversations, um, stream of consciousness, one-off chats with each other, et cetera. Um, but when it comes down to like tracking the work, keeping a to-do list, things like that, um, or even managing things in a specific workflow, uh, it really fails. Yeah, I think that it's almost about as good at tracking that stuff as uh, as a, a video or audio call is, right? Like where basically you're like, oh, I know something happened on this call that I need to remember, but I don't know where it was and, and when it was, and it, it, there's no easy way. It's not like in a list somewhere. So definitely uh, it, it hasn't really completed that that loop. Yeah, you can't really organize things by topic or by thing, right? It, it's really but just by channel. And, so and it's hard channel to... and also time. Yeah, it's just yep. time series data. All right. Uh, it's it's also really poor at managing projects. Uh, I, I I think at least. Um, basically, like 
we've talked about this a lot like do you have a channel per project or do you have general channels like you don't really need it for smaller teams you don't really need a channel per project and even for large teams probably you don't want a channel per project because you either have too many channels that people won't be able to look at or things are all over the place disorganized uh you also possibly can be chatting around about uh, a project in one channel and then something comes up about another project and so th that's just not a, a good way to to do it more or less I, I think it could work for really really tiny projects potentially um right if you were to create a channel for a project and and you just have a couple things to do and it's really a short thing um but any kind of complexity uh or any kind of volume of tasks uh you would have a lot of moving parts and things going on it just it just can't handle that kind of organization i think projects in general have a lot of aspects that relate to it um that you know, just Slack is not meant to handle. Slack is a chat tool. Um, so I think when it comes to, I think Slack is a great project management tool to use alongside managing your projects with a project management solution, uh, something like Rindle. Um, but, you know, it, it really has its use case of, you know, real-time communication, communication with your remote team, all the things we've talked about so far. Um, and then really when it comes to managing the actual project and getting the test done and tracking where we are with the project and all of those things, you know, PM solution is really, you know, the way to go. The other piece Slack is not that great at is managing workflow. So outside of projects, you know, we do have just general workflows. A good example is, of that is how we use Rindle even and how we manage our product management workflow. So we have, you know, a feedback board where feedback from customers come in. Um, and then we have a, you know, bug tracking board. We have a roadmap board. So work actually flows from board to board. Um, it's not a project that has a start and end date. It doesn't, ha it doesn't ever go away. It's always there. Um, so, and we do track things from, from st step to step. Um, so if a feature request comes in from a customer and it's saying, you know, we would like X, Y, and Z feature, that will then potentially move to the roadmap board then potentially move to the development board where it gets implemented. Um, so that has a journey through a workflow. And that really, in Slack itself, obviously is not uh, really possible. Maybe you could do it if you created a channel for each step, which would be crazy. Um, but even tracking the tasks, you know, it's just really doesn't organize information that same way. It does look like they are uh, making a, an effort to, to remedy this at least a little bit with their new uh, message actions, which I think are, are relatively new couple months old maybe uh so definitely looks interesting it's something that i know we are are definitely going to be taking a, a close look at uh for rindle um to see how we can best integrate with that uh and and hopefully drive some sort of workflow that uh, again into a more of a tool meant to, for workflow uh, from slack uh, so yeah. almost like completing completing that loop yeah and for projects too but yeah i mean i think this is something that we kind of always dream that they had, um, which is the ability to kind of take a message and turn it into a task in an outside tool, um, something like Rindle. So yeah, I think that's definitely where we're headed. Uh, we're kind of eager to get our hands on that um, and, and make it super simple to get a message uh, into Rindle and then, you know, obviously be able to relate the context back to that conversation back in Slack. And I think that's a really important thing to note there. We, we really are hoping that this is going to give us the ability to do it in context because uh, previously the message doesn't give you any of the surrounding text and it's hard to then display like within another app, like, oh, well, what were we really talking about here? Like, because typically it's not just that one line of text, right? Unless you're summarizing or something like, 
in one one message and and then posting that somewhere uh typically it's like a, a group of messages that you're trying to get the context of so and and that's very difficult to do if if all that the slack api gives you you know is just that one line and it's a little challenging to actually get the surrounding lines so another thing slack is not great at is organizing conversations so threads um a lot of people talk about threads uh so slack introduced that i don't know how long ago was that um a year ago probably maybe? probably a year ago at this point yeah maybe more uh don't quote us on that but out of a need um to better organize conversations so uh, multiple things will be happening in a channel and then you know you're kind of talking about one topic when other people are talking about another topic and it gets really confusing really quickly um so Threads uh, basically allow you to see that conversation where all its replies separate from the rest of the channel conversation. Um, so I think it does its job and I think it, the intentions were good, but I think it, it kind of gets hidden and, and it's hard to find sometimes where the thread happened. Um, so if, you're, if you have a new thread, it doesn't kind of notify you that somebody responded to that thread, um, but that thread kind of lives in the timestamp of the channel itself, right? So the thread lives as an entity at 1 p.m. and now it's 5 p.m. and now I have to be able to go back to 1 p.m. if I wanna go look at that thread again, unless somebody responds to it, right? And it's easy to just hop to with an update. So I think that still is kind of a challenging piece for threads. I, I think that's a challenging piece and also, uh, I, I think it was also partly meant to uh, alleviate this feeling of like, oh, I need to constantly uh, be monitoring this channel all the time in order to see what's going on, but and and it did solve that because like it 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 had less communication than in the channel, but at the same time it kind of like almost hurt it because now you're just having these side conversations and actually it's almost worse because if you need to be part of one of those side conversations you might not even know right because they it might have shot off like a side conversation and then like halfway through that side conversation something was talked about that you do need to know about and uh, it's almost that like you need to be able to then notify you know brian about about this part of that side conversation and brian would never have been any clue that that side conversation was even happening potentially yeah it potentially can bury stuff if you're supposed to be part of some because you're everybody's part of the same channel right but the the, the thread kind of gets tucked away as a thread and if you're not in that particular thread you're not being notified on it so you can lose it really quickly so the, that leads right into the next point which is actually uh finding stuff in slack is uh i think that's always been our biggest complaint like we post a lot of links in slack we post uh files we um we talk about a lot of different things, uh, but links in particular are basically impossible to, f to find. Like we'll know that we've sent a link and we'll know even what channel it's in, um, but because we don't know the around the, the time period uh, that, that we sent it, uh, it's basically impossible to, to track down in, in some scenarios. I think that one of the major issues is that I don't believe, and, and don't quote me on this because it, it might have changed, but I don't believe that uh, their find feature looks through the unfurled part of of like so like when you put paste a link in it'll obviously have like um additional information provided about that link i, I don't think the search actually searches that at all uh which in some scenarios could probably uh, alleviate this but if you do remember like oh I had sent a link about time tracking to, to Brian. So let me search for time tracking, right? So the URL doesn't have time tracking in it. So it doesn't pop up. 
but yeah yeah i think that's a really good point about because I, I think i find myself trying to remember uh phrases and things when i'm searching in slack and i, I can I have a, usually have a hard time finding things and i think the link thing is a really good example because a lot of times too we'll be on a uh, a call in Slack or even in Zoom, and we'll be talking about something, but we use Slack to communicate instead of using kind of the in-app chat in Zoom or something where that link will be kind of be lost at, when that call's over. Um, we tend to put it in Slack and we won't put context around that link. We'll just paste it so everybody can see. Everybody knows the context because we're all on the call together. Um, so we don't think to add the context in when we paste the link, therefore finding it later is almost impossible, like you're saying, because we we're not putting a lot of context around it, nor is the whole conversation even in Slack. We're actually on a video call. Um, but I find myself always trying to remember, well, what was I talking about that day? Trying to find a link or a piece of information that I shared or something like that. And I tend to have to remember more than I think should be necessary in order to find something in Slack. Well, also, like I know personally, I back in the day, I used to star a lot of things. Uh, and I actually stopped doing that because those are actually just super unorganized too. Um, because then you just have this giant list of start items and most of them you don't ever go back to. Uh, so kind of stopped, stopped doing that. Cool. And the, the last thing uh, as far as what Slack isn't good at um, is, and really this is a, probably a challenge uh, across text platforms or texting and chat platforms uh, in general, but understanding the context, um, the situation someone's in at the time, the tone, the expression that's happening when something's communicated. And I, I struggle with this, and I think, Tom, you struggle with this too, even internally, some of our communications. Um, but it's, it's very simple to read something that somebody wrote three different ways. Uh, one way they could be angry, one way they could be emotional about it. You know, so it's very easy to interpret what somebody types as something um, different. Um, so therefore your reaction might be different or the way you answer that question might be different. Um, and it's just really hard to understand kind of what's being communicated beyond just the, the written word. Sure, and, and I, I do think that it's important to, to note that this isn't, uh, you know, just a, an issue with Slack. Like this ha has been an issue forever with, with emails, with everything. Uh, at least emails, though, if you have a little more text, it typically you can hopefully get the context or, or get a better feeling of, about what the person was, was feeling. But yeah, t text in general just unfortunately doesn't have a lot of emotion. Yeah, I find myself just always, at, like if I'm unsure, I'll kind of write back and be like, oh, are you upset about this? Or are you happy that that happened or not? Ha like, you know, what is what are you feeling right now? And why are you writing this at this time? Um, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not sure. Um, so just to make sure that I'm understanding the context going forward, instead of going down kind of a rabbit hole and having to kind of retract and go backwards. Awesome. So l last but not least, so we've covered what Slack's good at, what Slack's bad at. Uh, but uh, now let's get more into like basically our opinions uh, and and tips on how to use Slack and, and manage manage your work. Yeah, so I think um, one for me is is considering kind of the context of, of project updates and if it's time sensitive or not. So if it's a project update that isn't time, time sensitive, put it in Rindle or put it in whatever project management tool you're using. Um, so again, if it's not kind of happening in the now uh, and it's like a product update or something that is context of a longer term project, it should really go in your PM tool, not in the chat tool. 
if you do get a request uh, within Slack and you know you're not going to do it now, uh, you, you should definitely right away stop what you're doing, get into a PM tool so it doesn't get lost. We, we run into this all the time where we'll be talking about it, all the time in Slack and on video calls where we'll be talking about something uh, in, in between, like talking about something else and we are like, oh yeah, we had to do that and no one writes it down. And then like a couple of days later, we're like, didn't we, we had something to do or we had already talked about this uh, when it comes up again. Uh, and I mean, we're creating a project management tool here and we still don't always get everything into the project management tool, but we're, we try to make a conscious effort uh, to stop what we're doing and, and get it in there. Yeah, I think even, you know, it's a link back you know, to the context of that conversation, you know, you don't have to paste every word for word or every message. Uh, you just, you know, paste a link back, right? And it'll be good enough to get you back to the context and not recreating the wheel uh, and getting all that information in two different places. Definitely. So another point, uh, even in relation to the project update that I touched on, um, but if you're asking somebody to do something now, certainly, like I even touched on at the top of the podcast, certainly okay to hit up in Slack and say, hey, can you do this now for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if it can't be done now and it's going to take a period of time to do it or it's going to be done at some point in the future, the best thing to do is assign them a task in Rindle or whatever PM tool you're using and make sure it's documented and tracked. Um, and Because the, the problem is a lot of times we communicate tasks through Slack or something like that. And because it is going to be done in the future or will take a longer period of time to be done, it gets lost in the conversation. Um, and therefore, you know, you have to remember it as the person who delegated that task or asked, made a request for that task, and the person receiving that task has to remember. And most likely, somebody's going to drop the ball there. So it's best to kind of track in your PM tool. We actually have a, a feature called Direct Tasks. So even if you don't have a project for it that's around that topic, you can kind of create a one-off Direct Task for another colleague or coworker uh, and get that tracked in the system so everybody knows what, what needs to be done and when. So uh, another thing which I think we both have some possibly varied opinions on is response exp expectations. I know uh, even just recently um, that you've, you've sent a message to me and I, I saw the message and I didn't reply right to it. Uh, it, it was something that was not, it, it didn't need to be handled right away or anything. So I, I just chose to, you know, just continue to do what I'm doing and just ignore it. Cause I was deep in thought. Uh, and you had then, messaged me again and then texted me and then called me to make sure I saw it. And it, it was kind of like mind boggling because I was like, well, this wasn't, it's not even that important. Uh, and, and that's just probably us not having the same expectations about, uh, about responding to, to a message. Yeah. And I think a couple things came out of that conversation because my expectation definitely was, you know, to get a response right away. Um, and, and I think a lot of times things that people communicate via Slack are, have different importance levels than what might be being received. Right. So I might think it's a lot more important than you do. Right. So you look at it saying, eh, eh that's not that important. I'll get to it in a couple hours because I'm in the middle of something, but I might look at it as being like, I actually need an answer for this now so I can continue my work. Right. Even though it's not as my work isn't as important on your plate. Right. Like to you. So. I think that that's one thing that came out of it, but I think, you know, through this conversation too, um, it came the kind of emergency part of this, right? Well, you kind of reacted and said, well, you know, look, if it's an emergency, like I'm not 
considering Slack a real-time tool. So I'm not going to respond right away. And if you need me, text me or call me, right? And that's, you know, that was kind of your reaction. So I think we kind of at that point said, okay, fine. That's this could be a rule that we kind of set up internally at Rindle here that, hey, you know, maybe we do use it a little more passively, but in an emergency that this is the action we take. We text or we call to get somebody's attention right away. I, I think that also just in the process of creating, creating this, uh, outline for this podcast, we came up with possibly that we're not using our status updates uh, well enough in Slack, right? Like uh, if you really had head down in work, like maybe just change your status and be like, hey, do not disturb uh, or at least make people aware that I'm, I'm not getting notifications right now. Like Slack chooses to uh chooses when it notifies you and when it does sometimes uh without your knowledge um or with, there could be bugs where you don't get notified but it's better if, if maybe we proactively uh, set those statuses like hey I, i'm doing a code review right now don't bother me or uh, i'm trying to fix some bug and it's taking me forever so don't bother me yeah i admittedly never change my slack status so uh, I don't use it at all. I and I, I am guilty of the same thing. I, you, you know, and, and it, it's actually sort of sad because I, I think part of the reason why is like I like I, I want to kind of be always available, but uh, it's just not realistic, right? Like there's certain times where it's it's not realistic that I'm going to be able to to stop just stop what I'm doing and, and hop into Slack and reply, right? Because yeah. uh, changing context is, is you know, uh, a lot of effort in some scenarios. But I think it is important to think about if you, if you need a two-hour block, right, let's say to work on something and you need to focus on it, you know, turning off your computer notification, shutting off your email maybe even, or, and certainly kind of putting, you know, your offline status on, uh, as far as uh, Slack's concerned so people do know, you know, that you're, you're not available. I think that is really something that we need to put in practice because, you know, I, I also think that, you know, if I do see someone online and I ask a question specifically, I do expect a response. If I post something that is not a question, that's just a statement or a shared resource or something like that, I don't necessarily expect a response, even if you're online, because I'm not really asking for a response. If you want to give a response, that's fine, but I'm just sharing something. But if I ask specifically a question, um, I do expect a response if I see you online. If I don't see you online, I, I don't expect a response. And sometimes, Tom, you're not online, and I can see that. And I write something, and I know that, oh, well, he'll probably be on at this time, or he'll be on later, and I don't expect a response immediately. But if I see you online, it feels like you're purposely you know, ignoring me because, oh, he's on Slack. Why is he not answering my question? Um, so I think you know, really the fixing of the status usage will help with this quite a bit. Um, but also even like for ourselves, even outlining what, hey, when a question's asked, right, this is the expectation. When this is posted, this is the expectation, right? And kind of being clear about that. So we wanted to give you some other tips for just general use of Slack as well. So I, th I think first, like always, uh, just assume that the person that you're talking to uh, has the best intentions and is uh, not trying to be passive aggressive. Uh, I know I typically read into conversations as if people are passive aggressive. I don't know. Maybe that's just 
because I typically am passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you think they're being sneaky or aggressive, uh, that's going to kind of add that context right away uh, to, to what you're reading. Um, yeah. So if you assume the opposite and just assume everybody has the best intentions, I think overall it's a better experience. Um, and then if it's not, then I think that will eventually come out or be communicated in some other way, right, where you have to have a more serious conversation or somebody is really unhappy with something. Um, that will certainly come out. Um, but I think a, we've seen it ourselves where conversations can take a really quick turn uh, if you make that assumption and just go go back at that person saying, oh, yeah, you're being aggressive with me. I'm going to be aggressive with you. And then all of a sudden you're down this rabbit hole. And in the end, you know, you really didn't mean it that way, but it just came off that way. Um, so if you assume that, I think I certainly can take that advice because I'm, I'm similar, Tom, like passive aggressive sometimes. So like uh, that's some advice that I want to practice too, just because I think it will make a lot of the conversations internally go a lot smoother. So another one is um, using at mentions uh, like you would email aliases. So we've had emails for a while. We've had email aliases at companies where it's, you know, staff at or marketing at, uh, and we've all had kind of rules around using those email aliases because we were so afraid to you know spam people and blast them with emails or maybe even communicate something that wasn't supposed to be communicated to a group um so think about mentions the same way um that you you need to remember that everyone will be blasted um about those messages or that, that communication um, and it's very easy to spam people in slack and kind of create too many notifications uh and if you're kind of constantly being interrupted and things like that, mentions a lot of times are, is, is a culprit of that, where you're just kind of getting spammed and really bombarded with notifications all day long. Another little tip that I actually learned myself today um, was they have an at channel um, mention, right, that you can communicate with the entire channel, whether they're online or actively on Slack or not. And they also have an at here uh, mention where it's only notifies people who are actively on Slack. So it won't notify anybody who's kind of in do not disturb mode or, or not actively uh, logged into Slack. It's interesting. I didn't know about the ad here. I, I thought they also had an at everyone, but I guess I, I don't know if they removed that, uh, which would notify everyone in the entire like workspace, I guess. I don't know if they, I think that's what they call them. Um, but I think they have gotten rid of that. Yeah, so use those sparingly and be aware of who's being notified and, and kind of think, do I really need to notify everybody or can this be done a different way? But but in the same breath, uh, especially if you are, are using threads, uh, making use of individual mentions can definitely be useful. Uh, if, you, if someone does definitely, like they need to be, uh, be looped into a conversation, uh, making use of that definitely could be, be useful. Yeah, definitely agree with that. So also, uh, if a conversation is heating up, maybe uh, a face-to-face -face call or uh, some sort of voice communication would be better. Uh, we we do this all the time now. Uh, instead of keeping the passive aggressiveness going on, on Slack, uh, we just have a face-to-face -face meeting and then uh, typically tones it down and we get things rectified in a very... Uh, a much faster time time period. We'll have, yeah. we'll have had a you know an, an hour long conversation on Slack that could be solved in ten minutes. Yeah, I think that's my biggest pet peeve too. Is that sometimes when you're trying to communicate something and it's not going well as a group or or even as a one on one conversation, you tend to waste a lot of time typing things out over an hour period of time where you could have had a fifteen minute call and and 
I think sometimes calls have their own challenges, right? Where they can go off topic really quick and go all crazy. And But in essence, communicating face-to-face sometimes can get it done in, in a way shorter period of time than you know wasting a bunch of time you know, typing everything out. Yeah, so the last one is don't treat Slack like Facebook or Instagram, meaning, you know, it's not really a social feed, you know, don't post what you had for lunch that day or where you went for lunch. Uh, A lot of people do have channels set up for that kind of thing. So if you do have a a random channel or a general channel and you do want to kind of, and and it really depends on the culture of your company, um, but, or your team, but if you, if you have a place to communicate those things, do it there. Um, but don't treat it like where you're giving everybody an update of every step of your day all day long in different channels. And again, that's for a couple of reasons is that, you know, it's not really used that way and you're spamming people generally um, with information that is not in context or, or appropriate for that channel. Um, so if you have something to communicate with a direct message with somebody, that's fine. Um, or if there's a dedicated place to do it, it's better to do those things in those dedicated places than kind of making it like a Facebook or an Instagram feed. You didn't like my, uh, my chat yesterday about posting the picture of us on our trip in general. Yeah. Well, in general, that's fine, Tom. Very appropriate. <laughs> if you would have right, posted that, you. if you would have posted that in an app, you know, I would have deleted it. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860-577-2293. Or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio, used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow dash podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.